Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for this day 30 of month one, 2024. It's so good to be with you on behalf of the platform by which you have chosen to consume this. I appreciate you for doing so. And I ask that you go ahead and do whatever is necessary to make sure these pieces of business A, gets into your inbox each and every time they are released. Please forgive me. They put this microphone. The microphone was put right close to my head to make sure you can hear me. So sometimes I put my chin down and it might rub up against you. So please, please don't don't charge me foolishly. I ain't trying to do nothing. You know, I'm this ain't this ain't Bishop Ellis and I ain't trying to grab your titties, uh, uh, Ariana Grande. I'm just saying. Just, just give me some, just give me some slack, if you please. I, I don't believe that man meant no harm anyway. It was just a, you know, it is what it is. He was like nine foot tall, and the girl was like three foot eight. You know, but it, I, I digress that. Uh, uh, do whatever's necessary to make sure you get these pieces of business. That's important. That's the part we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you can, uh, uh, you know, because I don't want you to have to go keep looking around the internet for stuff. You understand? I wanted to come straight to you. So you got other things to do. You don't need, you, this is one thing you don't need to be having to worry about in your life. Where's that EDB podcast? What, when I see you that again? <sighs> yeah. Also, if you can, uh, make sure that you are, what well, I would like to, to uh, ensure that everybody other than you, don't keep this to yourself is what I'm trying to say. Uh, put this in the hands of somebody else, your cousin, Nut Nut Pookie and them, Peaches Ray Ray. Uh, you make sure they get it too. So just slide on into their DMs. Uh, only the people that you know and like, and, and, and more importantly, that you know like you. Mm-hmm. Slide to their DMs and make sure they get this piece of business and so they can uh, become educated as well. This is the year of two things. Open your mouth and open your brain. That is my philosophy this year. And so I appreciate you uh, for being a part wherever you is. We're going to talk about political supremacy today. And so I would like for you to go ahead and if you want to, all those different things, because, you know, you get busy and locked in. I just asked you to do one or two things. And, you know, I don't want you to forget about it. So we're going to take a little pause. You can pause right here. We're going to transition. And uh, if you can uh, do those different things, and then we're going to get to it to it in just a few seconds, if you please. So I want to begin off the cuff, if you can. No notes, no Wikipedia. Did y'all get us some money, by the way? Get us some money. Uh, I know you tell me where, where they, they, that, that, that is crowded. What do you mean by crowded? The, the people can select and can decide what goes on that website. That's crowded. I give them some money. All right. It's the world's greatest library, internet virtual library. Give them some money. That being said, I, I, I want to put that to the back burner for a little bit. Want to put the books to the back burner for a little bit. And just want to talk about what we know. And make sure that we understand what we know. If we have to come back and have this discussion, as I keep feeling myself hitting the microphone, please forgive me. If we have to come back and and have this discussion again, if we have to have a part two on political supremacy, I'm all right with that. But first, again, I reiterate, what do we know about politics? We know that it is a game that is derived upon feeling. That is why in many cases, the Republican Party, which I happen to uh, have some agreement with, at least in this area, uh, that identity politics is the bedrock of the liberal agenda. What do I mean by identity politics? That basically is a play on your feelings. It it portraits or it paints the picture. It connects the policies by which we are trying to achieve 
to the feelings and the emotions of the people by which we're trying to get to uh, 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 come on board with us. Can we just say it like that? And so we talk about gay rights issues because that's a way to keep us in power. We talk about African-American issues because that's the way to keep us in power. And, and I believe if I can kind of flip back and forth between these two political parties, because we got a two party system, which uh, at the uh, dawn, if, if I can say this of reconstruction or around about the mid to uh, early 1900s, it flipped into this two party system as the dominant system. Before you had multiple parties, you had the Republican party, you had the Federalist party, you had the Whig party, you had the green and the black and the groans, and you had the, the slave party and the freedom caucus and all those other different parties. There's so many different parties out there. One day we must take time to just focus on parties. Uh huh. As a matter of fact, I believe if you really go back to it now, I just want to stay here. You, the, the president of the United States in its, infancy. We're talking about General Washington. General Washington was, I believe, if you, in your books will tell you, if you go and look it up, I'm, I'm opening my library here to see if I can't find it. Yes, right here on the American president, but it's buried down there. I don't want to pull it out. We'll do that later. That's the doors closing to the, to the library. But General Washington was a non-affiliate party member. Because his belief was you cannot serve the whole country while being tied to one party. That was his belief. And the motion of the president, we're talking about, uh, well, uh, there can be some debate on whether Mr. Biden uh, fits in this category because uh, at least in his infancy and in, in, in his past life, he would have subscribed to this reality. But now because of uh, the circumstances, the situation that he's in, the climate that he has to preside in, uh, it, it may be a little bit more difficult for him. But you're talking about people like uh, George Bush and, and Mr. Clinton and, and uh, Bush the daddy and, uh, and the Reagans and, and even the Johnsons. The Johnsons loved him. Mr. Johnson loved him some Republicans. And Mr. Nixon loved him some Democrats. Because what those boys and, well, mostly boys, there were no girls. What those uh, men, let me say that like that, what they understood is the ideas and the ideals of the first president, General George Washington. They understood that once you get to the center seat of government, the presidency is the center seat of government. It's the highest individual position in the land, but it is the center seat of government. And in order to be an effective president and a effective chief executive, an effective head of state, an effective chief representative, because that is what the president is. He is the chief representative. You look at the country from both sides of the equation. Most time you will hear when you go back and listen to inaugural addresses, uh, definitely from Mr. Obama on back 40, uh, he's, what was he? 44. Yeah, he was 44, 44 on back in, in modern times, uh, as modern back as we could probably go. Uh, you could probably find, uh, 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 other presidents inaugural addresses. If you, uh, consult some libraries, uh-huh. Libraries. You ain't got to go to school, go read something. Okay. I ain't gonna preach to you. Uh, but when you look at their addresses, what you will find mostly in all of them is a olive branch. They will first thank their supporters. If it's a Democrat, he will thank the Democrats. If it's a Republican, he will thank the Republicans. But then on the same, if not direct opposite breath, he will take and extend an olive branch 
to those who did not support him. He will take the opportunity to recognize that there are people in the country who may not necessarily subscribe to his vision, who may not necessarily share his ideas and ideals. And then he will say, listen, I understand that you see the country differently than I, but the truth of the matter is I am your president too. And therefore it is my responsibility to protect and defend the constitution of these states united, which encompasses you and your ideas and ideals too. So the president is uh, in many cases required, at least in moral theory, to distance himself from the party and become really the man of the people. Instead of becoming a Democrat, he becomes a person. And I know that may seem to be a little bit weird, like, well, he's already a person. Well, yes, but politics is a different game and an even weirder game. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll put that to bed because we can explain ourselves the confusion with that. So now we're talking about political supremacy. That's where we want to hang our hat today. And in doing so, we want to look at what I believe, as I said, what do we know? We know as we were beginning our subject here, or our conversation here, we, we were stuck on identity politics and we were in many cases taking shots at the Democratic Party. And the reason why we do it is because we have to understand that the main goal is to win elections. Notice with me, if you have some time to um, engage in the YouTubes and it may take you some time. I don't know if you can uh, exactly just go in and pull this up or not, but if you can, that'd be awesome sauce. If you could just go into the, into the YouTube, into the Google and type in win some elections. And if you can, Oh, 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 by the way, if you, if you're going to do it that way, put Senator, uh, 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 Graham, what's his name? Senator, uh, I know it's Graham, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lucille. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Type in Senator Lucy. I mean, Lindsey Graham and put in win some elections. Now, why did I say that? Because when you listen to Senator Graham argue now, Senator Graham, you can disagree with elite. Well, let me speak for me. I can vehemently. Uh huh. Can I say that word? Vehemently disagree with Senator Graham. I can I can disagree with Senator Graham until it makes me want to vomit. But here's the thing: Senator Graham is one of the greatest arguers of his ideals, meaning Senator Graham can argue until it makes sense. Now you're going to disagree with the sense that is made, but I promise you compared to some of them other boys and girls, he's going to argue to his core, to his foundation, what makes sense. Now Trump then got them all a little discombobulated a little bit, even Senator Graham. But here's what Senator Graham would argue constantly. Win some elections. If you want policies to operate in a certain way, win some elections. Now, what is he saying with that? He is basically in subtext arguing the need for political supremacy. Because in order for you to push an agenda, you have to reign supreme. You think about what we're dealing with now with, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, the second, is it the first Sunday? No, it's going to be the, is it going to be the first Sunday? No, it's going to be the second Sunday. They didn't move. It used to be the first Sunday in February. Now it's going to be second Sunday in February. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers with old Brock Purdy and George Kittle. 
is going to meet uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And the home of the Chiefs. Yes, Lord. I just want to say it like that. I'm not really a Chiefs fan, but I just felt it. I felt that one. And so the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, led by uh, old Patrick uh, Mahomes II and old Travis Swift or Taylor Kelsey, however you want to put it, those two are going to meet. What are they doing? They are fighting. Watch what I'm saying. They are fighting for sports NFL supremacy. Cody Rhodes for the WWE just won the Royal Rumble for the second year in a row. He won the Royal Rumble, did Cody Rhodes. And even though you can say it's scripted and what have you, it's predetermined. Uh, I was going to say fake, but we don't want to do that because I don't want no wrestlers banging down. My, I don't want no wrestlers banging down my dough. Talk about fake. What, bitch? You know, I don't, I'm good. Uh, but he won, did Cody Rhodes for the second year in a row. And so now he gets the right to challenge. He's going to challenge. It's already been determined. He's already made up in his mind. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins on last night, if you're listening to this when it's released on Tuesday, uh, 30 days into month one, uh, uh, Seth Rollins on last night, Monday, 29 days into month one, they had uh, Raw was on the television screen. It's, it's on its way to you uh, not Netflix. It's on the way to Netflix next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now it's still on the cable channel. And uh, Seth Rollins came out and he said, listen, I, what I want you to do is I want you to challenge me. I want you to fight me. And and he, Seth Rollins was trying to convince Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins got some history. You see, when, when Cody Rhodes came back to the WWE, uh, he came back. His first match in the WWE was against Seth Rollins. They had a huge piece of business that they dealt with. This Seth Rollins uh, ended up in, a, I believe, a Hell in a Cell match. Cody Rhodes went in there with his whole pet tore from the bone, went in there and kicked old Seth Rollins behind. And so Seth Rollins got a bone to pick, I guess I could say, with uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cody Rhodes. Mr. Cody Rhodes has already made up in his mind that he wants to fight the tail of the mountain. He wants to fight the top of the food chain. He wants to fight the head of the table. He wants the WWE Universal Championship. That's the only championship that his family has never had. It's been eluded. His daddy didn't hit it. His brother didn't get it. So he wants that title. He wants to take that title and bring it back to the Rhodes dynasty. He needs, he has to, it is his destiny, as he say, to finish his story and defeat Feet, WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion Roman Reigns, the head of the table. It is a battle for sports entertainment supremacy. Now, why am I focusing on that word? Because supremacy has been demonized basically because of people just like we talked about yesterday. And we must a little bit, just take a little side note and peel back and go back. If you didn't hear the conversation we had yesterday, I invite you to please return to that as yesterday, right after this one, if you are following it in order. Uh, but the, the capitalism, it's what we focused our attention on yesterday, and, and I don't know if I uh, made it clear in our conversation yesterday. If I did not, please excuse me. I'm doing it now. You can go back and we'll fill in the blanks, uh, or you can fill in the blanks, should I say, when you listen to the conversation from yesterday. But capitalism at its core is not bad. It is what people has done. It is what people have done to capitalism that makes it bad. And in truth, People say, well, we don't want to live in a capitalistic society. A capitalistic society is the bedrock of all evil. A capitalistic society is what destroys us. But truthfully, if you're an African-American, you have a better shot in a capitalistic society because now you have the right to compete. You have the right to pursue profit. You have the right to pursue happiness. Whereas in a socialistic, a socialistic, a socialism society, it's divvied up by a group of people. So we have selected one group of people, which in this case would be the government, which then decides on who gets what. So now what happens in a socialism system is that you can, the rich and the powerful, the strong, can then manipulate the system to make sure that they get the biggest pie 
and the rich, or, or excuse me, the poor get the little. But in a capitalistic society, you have the right to defy to go around the system. It's a little bit harder, but it's almost impossible in the socialism society. We're going to have to come back to that a little bit later. The same, I brought that up to tell you that the same is for supremacy. There's nothing wrong with reigning supreme. It is what society has done to it that makes it the struggle that it is. So when we talk about political supremacy, we must look at it from a holistic view. And as an African-American person, we say, well, what's in this system for us? Now, I brought up identity politics, not because I wanted to pick on the Democrats, but because I wanted to point out something that the Democrats is doing that I think is very detrimental. Identity politics puts everybody's feelings in something. I don't hate you because I disagree with you. I don't hate you because I don't see the world the way you want me to see it. I don't hate you because I want to go left and you want to go right. I don't hate you because I attack, if you will, or I present an opposition to your ideals and ideas. That is not hatred. That is just a different viewpoint being expressed. And so when we look at everything as, oh, if you don't like what we want, then you must be our enemy. That is kindergarten child play trying to fight over who's going to get the head spot in the sandbox. Okay. That is the identity of the system. The Democrats are pushing it but the Republicans are definitely eating from the table of identity politics. They're lapping it up. They got a candidate right now who's doing nothing but attacking based on identity. He's not, think about it. Let's think about it. I told you, we want to talk about what we know. I am already confident at this point that this is a subject that we cannot handle in one conversation. I've already accepted that. So let's just go ahead and, and, and just take the boots off and let's look at this. What is the current president doing? What is he doing? Think about it. Excuse me. Well, no, no. The current president is focusing on issues. He's focusing on what needs to be done to make the country better. He's focusing on how to grow the economy. He's. I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to tell you that I'm drinking from the Kool-Aid of Joe Biden. To some degree, I made a mistake. I wanted to talk about Trump, but I said Biden, so I went with it. So let's go with it. What is Biden doing? Biden is focusing on issues, but here's the thing. He's focusing on issues and he's getting creamed for it. You know why? Because nobody cares about the issues. Nobody cares about his policies. Nobody even talks about his, his uh, views on certain programs. Or pro no, how old is this old bastard? That's what we're focusing on. Now, let's talk about Trump. That's what I want to talk about. Now, this bastard ain't doing nothing policy reason. He ain't talking about how we're going to get a plan together. Uh, we, well, we, we need to do something about Social Security. So what I'm going to do is I'm think about this. Think, think about all the other candidates that you've seen in your lifetime. Some of you are 20 years old. Well, if you're 20, you might not pay much attention to anybody other than Trump. Now that I think about it. Hmm. Go talk to Mammy. Go talk, go talk to your political science professor. No, no, better yet. Look up to Google. You go back to Mitt Romney. I want to go back to him because when Mitt Romney in 2012 was running against Obama, President Obama, I hated me some Mitt Romney because all oh, that stupid ass Republican and he, he just talking all that shit and all this other good stuff. And I can't stand that godforsaken old Mitt Romney. He ain't nothing more than a supremacy. You can see it in his face that he just hates black people and all this other good stuff. And he talk about that 47%. Only 47% of the people going to vote for me anyway. So I ain't worried about the rest of the country. So fuck him. That's exactly how some of us felt present company included. But, but Mr. Romney, came to become our best friend. 
He came to become uh, consciousness's best friend. He came to become the societal best friend, right? But go back and listen or go back and, and, and think about Mr. Romney if you can. Because when you get there, you're going to find that Mr. Romney was just a man who was trying to push the agenda. He was trying to push the country in a direction that he believed it should go. And he had an idea of how we need to get there. We need to fend to these people, tax cuts and, 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 and well, part of his thing was extending the Bush tax cuts, I believe it was. Please forgive me for my stumbling because I'm trying to remember in my head. Remember, we're just trying to talk about what we know and we're trying to make sure that what we know makes sense. So, well, I haven't been to the Google, but what I wanted to talk about, I don't want to go further to what his agenda was because we don't want to start putting out stuff that we don't know about. Google is your friend. Go to the Google. And you're going to find a plan, the Mitt Romney plan that he wanted to implement. Now, you're probably not going to agree with it if you're a Democrat. You're certainly not going to agree with it if you're poor. Well, you may be because he had the perspective that the poor and the rich always, both of those groups have a safety net. So it's the middle class. It's always been the fight for the middle class that, that, that has been on, on the chopping block. And the truth of the matter is, is that uh, many people in the country have made the argument on both sides of the aisle that the, that the cave is closing in. You have the middle class, you have the, the poor on one side, they're in one cave, and the middle class or the rich is on the other side, and the middle class sits there in the middle. It's like dry land. They're sitting on an island is the middle class, and, and this, this island is eroding between the poor and the rich because the rich is getting richer and the poor is getting poor. so this island known as the middle class is eroding. Everybody has argued that, but the problem is how do we stop that erosion? That's where we're having the disconnect, right? That's what everybody, everybody else want to talk about. Even Nikki Haley, that's what she wants to talk about to some degree. What does Trump want to talk about? Who he hates. What does he want to talk about? Who he wants to destroy. What does he want to talk about? The people that he feels we need to get rid of. We need to go for vengeance. We need to take back our country. What does that exactly mean? Tell me what you mean when you say take back our country. I needs to know. What do you mean? Now, political supremacy. And I'm going to bring this part of our time together. We'll take a little pause and let you meditate on it a little bit. Won't you think about what we say it? Uh, Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ is going to do some things for us. Give us some time to think about it. Let it, let it kind of sink in and, 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 and do a little twitty twirl in our brain. Political supremacy at its stake is not wrong. There has to be a fight for supremacy. That, that's how a democracy works. When all of us get together and try to push our ideas and our ideals to the center stage. But the problem or what should happen is that there is a safeguard. We call it the judicial system, the courts. We call it the constitution. That's why you, most people argue constitution law. Most folks don't see us poor folks. All we know is criminal law. We may know, we may know a little bit, you know, uh, judge Maybelline and divorce court and all that other stuff and, and, and domestic law and, and marriage law and all that other stuff. But most of us in, in, in the hood have no idea about constitutional law. I, I, I was fascinated a couple of days ago when I got to go to Richmond to be a part of the trial uh, or, or the setting up of the trial, should I say. Uh, there's an activist that I mentioned uh, as a mentor of mine, uh, a civil rights activist by the name of uh, Roy L. Perry Bay, and he's up in Richmond trying to uh, uh, set up a, a, a system or a case, if you please, trying to take the trial uh, this removal of President Trump from the ballot, deeming him constitutionally unfit to even challenge 
for the presidency. And, and th literally, this is a discussion, an argument of constitutional law. I have never been in a courthouse talking constitutional law in my life. I understood it when I got in there. I heard every word and, and it made sense to me. But it was still fascinating that this is the first time that I got to watch, I got to witness a bout, a legal bout on the Constitution. Most of us don't get that. And so when you're fighting for supremacy, what you're trying to do is you're fighting for your views to reign supreme. The problem is for so long, minorities have always been disadvantaged or had a disadvantage in that fight for their views to be at least heard. And so that's where you get the code of the ideology known as white supremacy. That means supremacy is wrong. Supremacy by itself is not the problem. When it is connected to something, that is when it becomes a problem. White supremacy is the same thing as a bulb. A bulb, what is that? Is it a light bulb? Is it a flower bulb? Huh? Is it a Insert whatever here. Bulb means nothing. Light. What does that mean? Light switch. Light fixture. Light what? It has to be attached to something. Supremacy has to be attached to something. And what we're arguing is that when it's attached to some white, when supremacy is attached to whiteness, that's when it's wrong. Hmm? So we're going to take a little pause, let you marinate on that. And then we're going to come back and talk about healthy political supremacy and why uh, that makes it difficult. Remember, that's our theme this week. Why is community building difficult? We'll talk about that. Mr. DJ. Yes, sir. I could set you free, 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 free. Show you what this world can really be, 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 be. Here with me, me, me. I could set you free, 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 free. Off the pain of misery and let you be, 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 be. Here with me, me, me. I could set you free.
set you free. That was our track of the day. It's beautiful to think about that. Mr. DJ, I'm DJ, non-binary DJ. Thank you. Check them out on YouTube. No copyright sound out here empowering creators through royalty free and no copyright music. Uh, I want to talk about uh, set you free is a very interesting point there. I hope you listen to the words to the song. I, 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 I love music, but I also, or should I say, I prefer lyricism over music. And sometimes you get the little beats and everything to get your little jam and heart. Uh, but I listen to the words of a song to try to understand the message that the artist is trying to portray. And so I just wanted to point that out for that. That's one of the main reasons why I, I focus on music here. The second aspect that I want to bring out in this is we're going to read some text in just a few moments. I'm going to give you the text for you to uh, to uh, turn your Bibles to. Uh, let me see here. If you can, uh, if you want to go ahead and do this, uh, we'll definitely pick this up later. But we're going to look at Amos three and two, Leviticus 26, 23 and 24 and St. Matthew 18 and 19. Now, if you can figure that out right now, go for it. If not, we'll definitely uh, give you some time to go in and get those things in just a few uh, moments. But I want to stick with supremacy because what I don't want us to get caught up in, I don't care what group you are, whether you're the LGBTQIA, whether you're African-American, whether you're Native American, whether you are uh, women's rights, whether you are white male rights. Uh-huh, yeah, I said it. White men deserve to be heard too. Well, they don't know they don't. No, because they, they are part of the problem. No, your granddaddy's a part of the problem. Junebug ain't do a damn thing. All Junebug did was got spit out. And nine times out of 10, Junebug is the result of your granddaddy doing stuff to your grandmama that she really didn't want. You've seen the movies. You've read the stories. Mama just laid there, sprayed her legs and cried. Okay. All right, we'll leave that alone. The moral of the story is everybody deserves to be heard at this table. Now, when you walk into the room, you, you are walking in with the belief that what you see as the bedrock of our culture is the way it should be. That the country should live and should operate on your ideals. That is your God-given right as an American citizen to go to the gusto and fight for supremacy. Here is the problem, or here is where the safeguards kick in. The safeguards kick in when we get to that table, you put your whole pitch out, the white people put their whole pitch out, the gays put their whole pitch out, Insert whatever group here. Let's not forget about the immigrants. Mm -hmm. Then we take all of those pitches and we put them on this big gigantic whiteboard and we say, which one of these makes sense to all of us? Out of all of these pitches, out of all of these ideas, out of all of these ideals, which one, where is the center line here? That's what we're looking for. And when we find that center line, that's where we attach ourselves to. And that's how we build a strong party. Here's the problem in our culture. Nobody's looking for the center line. They're looking for people to agree with them, which I have absolutely no problem with. Listen to me when I tell you, I am completely okay with you being a part of a clique. Now, my, my dear granny, if I can just talk about her for a second, she would, we would talk about when we was growing up in church and everybody got them clicks. And my mama and I, sometimes we had these conversations and she'd tell you about Norfolk is just a big clicky city. It's just a big clicky city. And if you don't, if you ain't part of the clicks and you're not going to get anywhere in this city, 
I completely agree with you and I'm completely okay with it. But what I'm not okay with is the fact that you, and I'm just talking you in general, you are allowed to have your click. But the moment that I decide that I want to have mine, the moment that I decide that I want to put my group together, the moment that I decide that we want to raise up the opposition, now you want to stop it. No, embrace the opposition. I'm embracing the fact that I oppose what you're doing, but yet I'm saying, let it go forward. Put your agenda on the table. Put your goals and your ideas on the table. Put your vision for the city on the table. And now here's mine. And let's see. Let's see which one makes sense in the end. That is what I'm asking. Or, or we get our ideas on the table. We get our agendas on the table. We get our vision statements on the table. And then what we may find is that well, you have something that works, maybe 10% of it works, but 10% uh, of what I see might be good too. So let's do this. Let, let's take that 10% that you got and take the 10% that I got and let's put those two together. Now we got a, a, a nice little pot of stew, a political pot of stew that works for everybody. That's what I'm trying to say. But this, well, so this brings to question or it, it emboldens the question that I ask or I get asked a lot when I say I don't like community. Because if it's not accepting and allowing for all parties to comfortably speak, comfortably speak then it's not a strong community. It is a community that is built on the ideology of supremacy. Now, there is the text, the biblical text. I like to go to the Bible because it's the greatest self-help book of all time. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't mind, uh, get your pen and paper so you can write these down. Open your notepad up. I'll give you some time to, to find a notepad in your phone. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you know where it is. If you got one of the mother phones, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I really don't know how those phones work. I haven't had an Android phone in... <sighs> wow. Yeah. Don't even want to think about it. Uh, so, if you got your notes section, don't try to find these right now. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I wouldn't try because, Lord, it might give you a headache trying to find this while I'm talking. We're going to give you some time. Mr. DJ, ma'am, DJ, non-binary DJ is going to, is going to give us something uh, to uh, enjoy musically while we find uh, what we're looking for. Uh, I think I know what we, what, what was that song you're playing? Uh, don't, don't hold me back. Is that what you're playing? Yeah, that's good. We, we had set me free and don't hold you back. See these songs all makes some, it makes some kind of sense here uh -huh, to what we're trying to say here. So that's coming up here in just a few seconds. But before Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, the trinity of, of lyricism, no copyright sound out here in these streets, empowering creators through royalty free and no copyright sound or no copyright music is, is, is where they say it, but sound and music is the same thing in my book. All right, by now you should have that note section open on your phone and you can listen to these or, or jot these verses down and then uh, go find them. Amos, Amos is right behind, just right behind Joel is uh, Daniel, Jose, Joel, and then Amos. If you, uh, if you and Obadiah, and Jonah, then you passed it. Amos chapter three, verse two. We're going to look at that. Then we're going to head over to Leviticus. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't get scared. Don't try to catch a flight out from Exodus 
and talk about you gonna meet us in in Joshua. I, I talk about that and say I'll tell you about what I mean by that in a second. Uh, Leviticus chapter twenty six, verse twenty three and twenty four, is where we're going to go next, and then we're gonna take a plane. We're gonna take a red eye and leave Leviticus and head over to Matthew chapter eighteen, verse nineteen. Uh, those are the three things that we're gonna look at. Write those things down, find them in your Bibles, and we're going to get to it, to it right after. Don't hold me back by howls. Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ, please play the track, if you will. I never had the chance to run Leave behind the said and done Figure out what's to come Reasons All the bigger things I can ignore I'm not getting what I came here First one, Amos chapter 3, verse 2. It reads, Can two walk together without agreeing to meet? Then over in Leviticus chapter 26, excuse me, uh, yeah, that's right. Be confident in yourself. Chapter 26 is right after. Uh, X, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the third book, 26 and 23 says this, and it says, in spite of these things, you do not accept my discipline, but act with hostility towards me then I will act with hostility towards you. I also will strike you seven times for your sins. Now let that sit there and marinate for a little bit because I know that's going to that's gonna bother you. And let's go to Matthew chapter uh, 18 and verse 19. It says, again, truly, I tell you, if two of you 
on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my father, my deity in heaven. All right. Because Matthew 18 and 19, that is Leviticus 26, 23 and 24, and Amos 3 and 2. Our main verse being Amos 3 and verse number 2. Uh huh. I feel like saying that in church. May the Lord have a blessing to me. Now, some might ask why I had to bring the Bible into this. You know that book. We don't really like that book. The problem is not that you don't like the book. The problem is, well, let me just say it. It's the same problem in politics as it is in the church. You've been taught wrong. We have been taught wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember when my eyes came open. I realized, damn, they ain't tell me this right. Huh? Now, Let's start with Leviticus, because if you like me, you stay away from that book or anything in that, that vicinity. You, you might deal in a little bit of Genesis. You might mess around and, and hang out with Exodus. But when you get to Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you're like, bruh, I, I'm going to meet y'all at Joshua. Y'all go ahead and y'all walk on through them three. I'm going to get on this red eye here and I'm going to fly over that. I, I, I'll meet y'all at Joshua. You know what I'm saying? But here is what I interpret. And, and, and I, I want you to understand something here. We're only going to take what we read out the text. We ain't making nothing up. I'm not saying my Holy Ghost imagination, that shit they tell you down the church. No, 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 no. What do we read? Let me tell you what we read. We read, if you act with hostility, towards me I will act with hostility towards you case in point I ain't bothering y'all this is the way I have decided that, the, that, that we're going to play this game alright it's the same thing in our culture when you think about it you take care of your planet you don't pollute you don't in, uh, uh, do stupid things like putting plastic in our drain systems. and such. If you don't do any of that, then your planet won't be fucked up. But because you have decided that you are not going to protect the planet, the planet has responded with hostility. Am I right or am I wrong? Or should I say am I right or am I right? So, so when we look at the scriptures, I, I, I believe the scripture is the biggest self-help book of all time. That God's mission statement is basically how to make life better for you, make life better for me. And I don't want to turn this into a sermon. I'd rather turn this into a practical understanding that the same principles that apply in the Bible are the same principles that apply to life. That's why I said it's the greatest self-help book of all time. It's a story, it's a book of collaboration of ideas and stories that can help to paint a picture of what the past has done in order to make the present prosper so we can build a strong future. That is what I take the Bible to be, right? So in the text of Leviticus, which is fascinating to me because I was one of those people that flew over and met you in Joshua. I ain't walked through Leviticus, I ain't walked through Numbers, I ain't got nothing to do with Deuteronomy. But now I want to be over here because I find it intriguing. Because this is a meaning of the minds. It was like, listen, this is what we need to do to make sure that the planet works, that our policies work, that our society is healthy. We need to do these things. But if you decide that you ain't about that life. And most importantly, you decide that not only do you want to do what you want to do as it pertains to you, but you want to do what you want to do as it pertains to everybody else. Then now we got to have a moment of response, especially when you coming at me with hostility. Now that's the harsh way to look at this. That is why we have wars. That is why we have uh, battles and, and political discussions and, and hostility. That's why you had a group of people who went and set the whole damn capital on fire. Okay. 
January 6th, which we just commemorated briefly here some uh, 20, what, 24 days ago. If you're listening to this when it's released on day 30 of month one. Now, the second part of the text that we want to argue is over in Amos, where he said, we have to understand something. This way you get your feelings out of it. How can two walk together except they agree? All right. If I don't like riding bikes and, and people may think, well, you picking on bikers. No, I'm just asking a question. If I don't like to ride bikes, then why am I going to agree with bike policy? I don't like it. I don't want it. If I don't want to go walking, then why would I agree on walking policies? If I don't want to go to a brewery, then why would I agree on brewery policies? If I don't drink coffee, then why would I care about coffee policies? I don't drink coffee. I think it's liquid shit, to be honest with you. But you have the right to drink your coffee. But I don't agree on it. So therefore, we cannot collaborate on the building and the advancement of coffee because one, I don't understand it. And most importantly, I don't like it. That's the first thing. The second part is in Matthew where he said, whatever you agree on. Now, granted, people will argue that, especially our theologians, that this is a spiritual text and, and it has nothing to do with a uh, uh, secular system, but more of a sacred ideology. But I would like to submit to you for consideration that, that maybe this text can, in some ways, yield itself. Because if you're in agreement on the betterment of people, if you're in agreement on the advancement of people, if you're in agreement on the empowerment of people, because people can get better and not be advanced. Better can just mean I got food. Better can just mean my rent was paid. Better can just mean I got a job. But advancing says not only did I have a job, but now I got a raise. Advancing can say, not only did I get the rent paid this month, but I got two, three months in the bank. But then empowerment says, I'm gonna give you the tools to make sure that you never have to worry about rent, food, and a job again. You see how those three things are different? Okay, now, when Matthew writes the text, he's saying that the best way to move an agenda forward is to make sure that everybody in the room is agreeing, is believing, is operating on the same ideology. So when people ask me, well, Eric, why did you leave the trail? Well, because we weren't agreeing on the same ideology. Amos 3 and 2, can two walk together except they be in agreement? Matthew 18 and 19, whatever you ask and agree on the ask. If you got somebody in the room that ain't agreeing, you can go to a businessman and take the whole board and say, we would like to request $30 million for the advancement of water fountains. And I'm sitting here, my big black ass don't even drink water. And you think that businessman ain't gonna look around that room and find my big black ass sitting over there trying to keep a, a nice copacetic smile on his face and trying to act like he's in agreement, but he's gonna sniff it out because he's smart. And he's gonna say, black man, what you agree? He ain't gonna say black man, because that ain't, but he, he's gonna, big man, you know, I, you know, something like that. What's your thoughts on it? Now, either I got to lie, which the whole board is gonna turn to me and request that I do, or I tell him the truth to which the possibility of the board may lose its, uh, uh, its request. Thank you for letting me blunder while I found my words. So now the board has to make a decision. And I decided to make the decision for the board in order to advance his agenda. That you need me out the picture so that you can fill your board with people who agree and who are willing to pursue the policies and the ideologies 
that you are trying to advocate for. But note with me that I see the world differently. Note with me that I desire a different perspective or a different ideology or a different view. Notice with me that I want the world to look a lot different than the way you want to look. And as a citizen in a healthy democracy, as a citizen, a part of a strong community, that should be allowed. And so as we bring our time together to a close today, talking about political supremacy as the second aspect of why community building is hard because political supremacy does not allow for individual ideology. I'm going to say that again. Political supremacy does not allow for individual ideology. Somebody better write that down and post it on the TikTok and the Twitters. I'm sorry, they call it X now. Post it on trends. One more time. Political supremacy does not allow for individual ideology. Hmm. And so until individual ideology can be accepted until everyone can be allowed to see and feel and operate in what best suits them, taking what suits them to the table of discussion. And then from everybody's individual ideologies, we find the centerpiece. I saw if that sound like preaching, but I'm feeling really good about this. Cause when you get a good discussion, when you get a good understanding and make you feel good, down in your soul. That's why the most for I feel good, good, good. I feel good down in my soul. I'm sorry. You know what? What do we what do we say again? Political supremacy. The, you know what, Mr. DJ, ma'am, DJ, non-binary DJ, I want this. I want this. I want you to do this. Put 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 this, put this. Just just give me. That's that's right. That's right. That yeah, uh-huh. Put the sick beat behind this. Cause I want everybody to listen up. Yeah, yeah, chill, chill. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. All y'all listen up here. Uh-huh. Cause y'all need to know. Y'all need to know what I'm talking about here. You understand? Y'all need to feel what I'm saying. You understand? Let me go ahead and get it out before I forget what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Political supremacy does not allow for individual ideology. Huh? I say that again. Let me wrap it up. I said political supremacy uh -huh, doesn't allow for personal. Oh, okay. Political supremacy don't allow for personal ideology. The beat is not messed. The beat is messed. Okay. All right. Just, just, uh, let's see what that does. Let's see. All right. I, I think that's a, that's about all we need to do today. Uh, whew. Outside. That made me tired. I realize I'm fat. Uh, I thank you. I thank you again on behalf of the platform for which you've chosen to consume this for doing so. Uh, I thank you for sharing with your friends and your families. I thank you for caring for your communities. And most importantly, I thank you for praying. Not just for the people who lace up the uniform of these states united, but civilized and uncivilized nations all over this world. We talk about Netanyahu. We're talking about Putin. We're talking about Kim Jong-un. We're talking about Vladimir Zelensky. We even talk about old Macaroon over there in France. Everybody talk about uh, Sunak over there in the United Kingdom. Uh -huh. we, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Jordan and Japan and, and Guatemala. Everybody up here we talking about. All right, we're going to do this again. Lord willing and the crick don't rise. Tomorrow 
is day 31. If you're listening to this when it's released on day 30, the last day of the month, we're going to have a meditation that's going to pop out tomorrow. If you want to go, hey, it's EDB Meditations, go over there and check that out. That will be there. And uh, we'll definitely be back here on this feed as well. All right. So we're going to do this again. Lord willing. I told you what we're going to do tomorrow. Lord willing, knowing that crick don't rise. That's what it all depends on. That crick not rising. That's what I was trying to get to. All right. Until then, if the crick don't rise. I keep telling you that climate change is real, boy. Gal. Mm-hmm. For me and mine. Unto you and yours. Laters.